From bloated and tired to free and inspired, welcome to Free and Inspired Radio with Philip Watkins, your weekly dose of everything digestion and mental health related. We hope you enjoy this episode. Here is your host, Philip Watkins. Yes, yes. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Free and Inspired Radio. I'm your host, a naturopathic practitioner, Philip Watkins, and I'm grateful to have you with us today. If you're new to the show, well, the title says it all. It's all about feeling free and inspired and exploring the many different avenues you can take to get there, whether it's deep dives on digestion and mental health solutions or guests who offer their own stories and answers. I hope I can be the type of guide you can rely on to unlock the agency you have to reach your own mental and physical competency. Let's get started with what's coming up on today's episode. Coming up on this week's show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Episode 27 of Free and Inspire Radio. We're clocking in. How are you feeling today? I hope you're doing well. A big welcome. If you're a new listener to the show, You may not know that our key themes are everything to do with the brain and digestion here on Free and Inspired Radio, and I hope you enjoy this episode. This week, we will tackle one of the most common digestive symptoms, constipation. And notice I use the term symptom, but also we're going to be looking at some of the common causes of constipation and solutions if you're new to experiencing it, which is can be the case for some people, where you can start to solve constipation and your options if you've tried some of the most straightforward solutions that will be coming up in the second part of today's show. The number of people living with constipation is increasing in China and affects anywhere from 3 to 27% of people in, the, in Europe and the USA. While constipation affects ma- mainly females and progresses with age, Many children are also affected with a quarter of visits to a paediatrician looking to address constipation without an explanation. For those living with a chronic version of constipation, the physical and mental burden interferes with daily quality of life. The hundreds of millions spent on laxatives alone demonstrate the extent of those looking to gain some form of relief. Now, are you constipated or just having a challenging bowel experience? That's an interesting question. Most people living with constipation describe the symptoms as straining, incomplete evacuation, a sensation of blockage, and decreased stool frequency. In contrast, the modern medical definition concentrates more on frequency, with constipation defined as having three or fewer bowel motions a week, which if you calculate that out is a bowel motion every two to three days, which commonly is a little too long for a lot of people in that most people have a more challenging experience where they're having ineffectual or unsatisfactory bowel motions as opposed to less frequency. But obviously, there's a pretty broad range of the way it presents. Associated symptoms that I see in the clinic are bloating and abdominal pain, especially after missing a few days, obviously, and compounding this fatigue, brain fog, and poor sleep follow quickly, which really makes this quite a whole body experience, right? This overlap of symptoms is where the definitions count. For most, missing three days is relatively standard, and for some, up to five days can be extreme but possible. I wonder where you're sitting in that. 
As you might have heard in other episodes, personalizing what's going on is always important, not just in the case of mental health, but also in these long-standing digestive cases. For this episode, we'll be looking at what's called chronic idiopathic or functional constipation that follows the definition above and constipation as part of irritable bowel syndrome, which is a condition typically referred to as IBSC, which if you've been doing some Googling about what's going on for yourself, you've probably heard come up. Changing your iron supplement to one that's better tolerated could be one of the quick ways to solve your constipation. So let's look into some of these solutions. The causes of constipation most of the time can be down to a sedentary lifestyle, dehydration, and less less than desirable diet, and just think low fiber with that. These side effects can be remedied, especially in a selection of cases where medication is the cause. One study had around 30% of the drugs prescribed to an elderly population with the potential to cause constipation. I'm just going to repeat that. One third of the drugs prescribed to an elderly population in one study had the potential to cause constipation. Now, if you consider that the a lot of the elderly communities do already have constipation, then on top of that, a third of the drugs that they're prescribed to help them with another condition will make their constipation worse. It may give you a sense of just exactly how much is happening in the elderly uh, uh, community. So popular pharmaceutical medications that can cause constipation are as follows. So painkillers such as non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, just think your Panadol and Nurofen, antidepressants and antipsychotics, uh, blood pressure medications such as calcium channel blockers, um, and you can ask your practitioner if you're unsure about what you're taking, diuretic drugs, and what we're going to talk about now, iron supplements. So I'd like to comment on the iron supplement side, obviously, because I see it quite a lot. With the use of an iron bisglycinate formula, which is just a particular form of iron, I find that 99%, which is just a, a basic estimate from me, not a study or anything, has zero symptoms. So 99% of people I gave iron bisglycinate to didn't have any symptoms, especially some of those typical ones like nausea, bloating, and constipation. A small study assessing around 38 people compared iron bisglycinate with a common form of iron ferrous sulfate, which you may find commonly or typically prescribed in your doctor's office. Uh, While only a small amount of people in the study, most of them found the iron bisglycinate to be better tolerated. Now, not getting enough nutrients in your diet is also a key cause and solution for constipation. Within natural medicine clinics, including my own subclinical micronutrient deficiencies in the diet, primarily magnesium can be a significant cause. Two studies on young women in Japan and preschool children in Hong Kong found that diets deficient in magnesium were associated with increased levels of functional constipation. Now, obviously, association doesn't mean causation, but we can start to draw some inferences there. Now, let me repeat that. Two studies on young women in Japan and preschool children in Hong Kong found that diets deficient in magnesium were associated with increased levels of functional constipation. Now, for the preschool children in Hong Kong, this was a really common issue, just not enough plants in the diet. And obviously, there's something that we need to address a little better. But once again, an easy solution if you're not having that many fruits and vegetables in your diet, maybe you might be able to solve your problem quicker than most. 
obviously more extensive studies are required to confirm the association part of the diet connection and magnesium to functional constipation, but the amount of successful prescriptions of magnesium I've used to solve functional constipation must count for something. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people who may or may not be listening to this who I've helped and uh, they might be able to reinforce that point. Magnesium oxide, so talking magnesium specifically, magnesium oxide specifically has some uh, promising research behind it as a stool softener and laxative. In East Asian countries such as Japan, China and China and Taiwan, it has been one of the laxatives of choice since its introduction from the West in the 19th century. One particular study concluded that in sorry conducted in Japan found that magnesium oxide assisted with overall symptom improvement, better spontaneous bowel movements, stool form, abdominal symptoms, and the associative quality of life that will come from these better stool improvements. One of the most positive parts of this study was that 70% of the participants experienced these improvements. So that's quite a large quantity of people, even though it was a relatively small study. Magnesium oxide's performance has also made it a candidate for improving constipation associated with taking painkillers, which may I say is very, very common. Sometimes the use of uh, PPIs or protein pump inhibitors, so just think Nexium or antacid drugs alongside the painkillers can diminish the effectiveness of magnesium oxide, although we'll probably still need some more quality studies to confirm this and to confirm the extent of this. So do keep this in mind or consult your healthcare practitioner if you feel as if you want to give magnesium oxide a try. More solutions coming up soon, but before we get into fiber and what to do when you've tried some of these solutions, let's just take a quick break on this episode 27 of Free and Inspired Radio. We'll be back with more soon. Woo, time to take a break. Are you enjoying this episode of Free and Inspired Radio? There's no better time to take back your personal health sovereignty. If you want to connect with more free and inspired episodes, simply subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or visit the website at www.philipwatkins.health for more information. Let's get back to the show. Yes, yes. Welcome back to episode 27 of Free and Inspired Radio. Thanks for kicking back with us today. In this episode, we've been spending our time looking into constipation. We're already seeing how magnesium oxide might be able to help, but what about fiber? Now, low fiber is this significant cause of functional constipation. In episode 20 of Free and Inspired Radio, I cover why I think fiber is potentially the most significant blind spot in the Western diet. Some statistics have fiber consumption in Western diets, such as those in the United States, as low as 50% below the recommended daily intake. Further, a review of a collection of studies pulled data from countries including Australia, the US, and countries in Europe found that none of the countries hit their daily recommended intake. And out of the studied countries in that review, Australia had the highest average amount of fiber daily. So if you're listening in Australia, pat yourself on the back. So where does this leave us looking when looking to solve constipation as far as fiber is concerned? Well, a key place to start when assessing how fiber can help with constipation is understanding the two primary different forms of fiber. 
soluble and insoluble fiber. So soluble fiber turns into a gel when it interacts with water and insoluble fiber is resistant to water and goes through the digestive system unchallenged. For a more in-depth definition of how these different forms of fiber can help, please just check out the article on philipwatkins.health that you'll see all the references there as well or once again, episode 20 of Free and Inspire Radio, which may I say is actually one of the most listened to episodes. So it seems like if you're a regular listener, you are already all over your fiber consumption, which makes me incredibly happy. So please let me know if you're one of those people because I have seen a lot of people's health turn around with just some extra fruits and vegetables. So I've mentioned fiber's relationship with water, mainly, believe it or not, because the consistency of stool is very closely related to its water content. In fact, even minimal changes can affect consistency. So normal stool contains around 74% water. Hard stool, which we see a lot in constipation, has less than 72% water, and soft stool has at least 76%. Now, based on these numbers, a variation in water content of stool by as little as 2% can make a difference in whether your stool is hard or not and how quickly it travels through to the toilet. So find margins when treating your constipation. Now, guess what increases the water content of your stool? Yes, it's our good friend fibre. Both soluble and insoluble fibre sources are beneficial for chronic constipation, especially, especially regarding stool frequency. So unfortunately, many of the studies into this have flawed methodologies or small amounts of people, making it difficult to get a sense of how much fiber helps and how long it will take to solve the problem in the long term. Despite this, I can say that patients who have increased their fiber content through food, even by a small amount of 5 to 10 grams daily, have seen some positive changes in their symptoms, especially with their stool frequency. So if you're one of those people that has, I guess, more medically defined constipation, which is that less frequency over the course of a week, increasing your fiber content through your diet, not necessarily through Metamucil or fiber supplements. Try and increase it through your diet. Those results will be there. Interestingly, I actually came across a study suggesting that adding a probiotic, specifically Bifidobacterium bifidum, improves stool frequency and water content in low-fiber diets in animals. So we don't get too excited by animal studies, but probiotics can help increase stool frequency as well. Remember how we discuss how remember we discuss how vital frequency is when defining if you have constipation? Well, a meta-analysis where they pull the results of similar studies to get a broader, more reliable conclusion found that multi-species probiotic formulas, so classified as formulas with more than two species in them, improved three main components of chronic constipation. So these three were the time it takes for food to travel through your body, the frequency and stool consistency. And they were all improved with a probiotic that had more than two species in it. So if you ask me, probiotic with eight to 12 species is probably where you should be looking for. And professionally branded probiotics should have around 50 to 100, if not more billion there. But I think the whole quantity over quality conversation is very contextual and still needs some more analysis. But let's get to a question that I've heard a lot. I've tried probiotics. I've tried fiber. I've tried the magnesium oxide even. 
none of it has worked. So what can you do if you haven't been able to solve your constipation after trying all of this? Well, in my opinion, it's probably time to consult your healthcare practitioner about whether some further testing might be more appropriate. And in my opinion, the first place to start will be to test for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or SIBO. If you're new to SIBO, then it's defined as the presence of excess bacteria in the small intestine. And I've got some more information on that uh, coming up, but the symptoms of SIBO can vary from person to person. Uh, They can include abdominal pain, burping, bloating, fullness, flatulence and indigestion, and either diarrhea or constipation. Now, multiple studies have investigated the connection between SIBO and IBS. And if you want to know more about it, episode three, I think, episode three or four of Freenance by Radio, I've done a full episode about the connection and overlap between SIBO and IBS, so you can get way more information there. One of the key characteristics of some of the studies done to date is the presence of methane-producing bacteria in IBSC cases. So if you haven't heard of IBSC, we touched on it a little earlier, but it stands for constipation-based irritable bowel syndrome. So these same studies have proven that people living with constipation have higher levels of these methane-producing bacteria when tested for SIBO. Interestingly, the causation of SIBO and constipation can overlap as well. One critical characteristic of both conditions, so SIBO and constipation, is the journey that your food takes from your plate to the toilet, and that journey is referred to as motility. So both SIBO and functional constipation's origins can be related back to slow motility. So correcting SIBO can solve constipation is an emerging field at best. As I said, we're still quite a way away from getting the level of studies that we're looking for to really confirm it. But I think that, like I can say that, my constipation patients who have tried everything often find relief by the clearance of the methane-based bacteria resolving their constipation. And the cool thing about that process is that you can actually retest and see that methane go down after a period of time. This doesn't happen overnight and can require the confirmation of bacterial overgrowth uh, via the breath test, as I mentioned, and also undertaking the associative dietary and herbal treatment. This process for most can take around 10 to 12 weeks, if not longer, and is no easy process. But worth looking into if you are one of those people living with constipation who wonders if you'll ever be able to solve it. Before rushing to do a SIBO test, Increasing your fiber intake and trying a magnesium supplement may save you time. The recommendations we've looked at around fiber and magnesium are what I call low-hanging fruit and are very straightforward to get started. If you're yet to try them, I suggest starting as soon as possible and then you can maybe think about doing a SIBO test if it doesn't work. Getting some advice from a healthcare professional is always a good place to start if you're unsure about where to start, however your situation presents itself. I hope this episode has reassured you that the problem you're living with is not insurmountable, which may I say I have encountered a lot when it comes to constipation, either a daily reliance on laxatives which becomes so normal that it just feels like you know just as it should be which is not the case and things like senna and other other things as well have their own issues and i will obviously as always with a lot of these articles there is always room for a part two so i'll be addressing things like that but 
if you have questions about laxatives and stuff like that, put your comments in the section of wherever you're listening or email the show or email the website for Health, and I'll be able to try and point you in the right direction. So what do you think? Helping people with IBS who suffer from constipation is one of the most enjoyable transformations to see for the relief and how long the benefits can last. Hopefully this episode has helped you if you've been living with constipation for a while. Before we finish this episode of Free and Inspire Radio, if you'd love to hear more from me and get the word on new articles, new podcast episodes and more, jump over to the website philipwatkins.health and join our community there on the newsletter sign up on every page of the website. Uh, Also, I've been getting some feedback from people that they like the website because they can see the references there on the transcripts too. So can't remember i think we got up to 28 references to put this episode together so you can access all of those at philipwatkins.health your reviews on apple podcasts and spotify help me get the word on the street and if you're listening to this on youtube throw the video a like and subscribe to see when each new podcast is uploaded i like to thank the few new subscribers we've had on youtube over the course of the last week or two thank you very much for joining the community and as always, I'd like to send shouts to the new listeners of the show in Australia and the Netherlands and also in Canada. Uh, this show is all about helping you find the freedom to feel inspired again. And as always, I hope this episode gets you one step closer. Until next week, don't forget to take care of yourself and those around you. And we'll be back with more Friend Inspired Radio in a week's time. Bye. This show is all about you, and we hope you finished this episode feeling one step closer to feeling free and inspired. We'll be back next week, but if you want to know more about Philip, please catch a digital flight to www.philipwatkins.health for further details about how we might be able to help. In the meantime, have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, and we'll see you for another episode next week.